Ladies and gentlemen, it is yours truly, John Browner and Jason Lawhead coming to you live, I guess, after a wild, wild, wild card weekend. This is Browner and Lawhead, John Browner, comedian legend, world traveled, <laughs> kitchen table extraordinaire, espresso maker, Jason Lawhead on the Mightier Tonight ESPN. Man, have we got a show for you. If nothing, it will be funny because there's going to be some unanswered questions here. We will go over all our picks over the weekend and we'll give them to you to see if we were right or if we were wrong. The Dallas Cowboys are playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, so that one we'll stay away from. It should be around halftime at this point. I'm not in front of a television. Um, Jason, of the weekend. Holy smoke, Super man. Super wild card weekend. I had a blast watching all those games. I'll tell you what. Um, you know, even the most uh, wide disparity game, the 49ers Seahawks still was good football for a while. And then you saw what that 49er team can actually do to you in a second half right up front. Um, but all the other ones, obviously the wild and Willie. But I'm undefeated. My my uh, predictions down the checklist, uh, other than a couple of possibly just uh, you know dolphins and 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 Bengals that I that I thought those games would be a little wider margined, uh, were were tighter. I'm four and zero, baby. You I actually missed. I actually missed the Giants score by one point. I said Giants thirty to twenty four in overtime on a Barkley big play run. Well, I, it was thirty one twenty four, and Barkley did score that last game winning touchdown. So uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I picked the Jags. I picked uh, the Niners. I picked the Bills in a big route. That one was the only one. And then I picked the Bengals kind of going away. They got lucky. We'll talk about it all. I know, but yeah, I'm excited about being four zero on the Johns list. We are going to go ahead and try to try to figure why the hell Kirk Cousins threw a three-yard pass on fourth and eight. We'll try to figure out what who can stop the 49ers. We'll try to figure out if what we saw from Buffalo was a fluke. And I think what we saw between the Ravens and the Bengals is what happens when you play a third time. I think that was the mm -hmm. symptom for a lot of these games, but we'll get into a lot of that as we continue on the show. But first, man, uh, mm. the San, mm. the San mm. Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers did what everybody, I guess, except for me, expected them to do. They, they give you the third greatest playoff choke in the history of the NFL. I, all of you know the score. All of you, all of you know the nuance behind this, so we're not going to go through each individual nugget about this again. At this point in the show, when you get to us, Brown and Lawhead, Monday through Wednesday, six to seven p.m., you know the news. Now we're going to have some fun with the facts. I like that. I'm going to write that one down. Write that, that one down. Right. That's you a know great the one. news. You know the news. Now we're going to have you some know. fun with the facts. Now we're going to have fun with the facts. Yes, that's the slogan for the show. Fun with Love the that. facts. Copyright that. I am. Somebody's going to steal it. 
Yeah, but you can do it. We're taped delay. <laughs> Bam. So, Get on it now before the <laughs> listeners are listening. <laughs> I don't know who's I well, I cut the blame 50-50, but there's a lot of ingredients in this gumbo. As Trevor Lawrence attempted to give the San, the, the Los Angeles Chargers the easiest playoff victory they would have had. But they said, no, thanks, man. Why would we? We want to do it the hard way. The, the coach has to be, has to be the least experienced and the most dumbest feel-for-the-game person I think I've ever seen head coach a team. I think Nathan Hackett had a better feel for the game than this guy. And Justin Herbert, who I love, who I am a huge fan of, literally choked the game away. Give you three points. Don't tell me about the kicker missing. Kickers miss. It's part of the game. It happens. You got the ball after that. The kicker didn't miss with no seconds on the clock. You got the ball back with an attempt to drive after that. In the second half, Within the 50-yard line, you punt it twice. The kicker had nothing to do with that. Joey Bosa had nothing to do with that. Cowboy Van Noy basically dropping an interception thrown directly into his hands because, you know, football had nothing to do with that. They played up. They in the gumbo, but they ain't the reason that y'all didn't win that game. They ain't the reason that comeback happened. It's, It's because of Justin Herbert, who I love, and Brandon Staley, who has to go? Give me your take. Well, what's amazing about the – I'll just jump out first on, uh, you know, all the things that have been ba- saying about Brandon Staley, but I don't think enough of it has been said about – this is the big picture here, guys. I mean, yes, Doug Peterson's a great coach. Uh, yes, Brandon Staley's teams in second halves – what is going on in the locker room with Brandon Staley when I don't care if you're down, tied, or up 27 to 7, or whatever the score was at half, 7, 27 to 7, should have been 27 to nothing. He should have been aggressive as hell again on that last Jaguars drive instead of playing soft coverage and trying to just give up yards to the field goal at the end of that. No. Here's the thing, though. Two times against Doug Peterson. Do you know what the second half score is? Jacksonville 46, Chargers 6. <laughs> I mean, those two games, take those two games, it's 46 to six in the second half of those two games. What has happened? I, I said, to, uh, Doug Peterson is, is playing chess and Brandon Staley's eating paint chips. I mean, he's not even playing checkers. I, I mean, this guy, and on the missed field goal, on the missed field goal, seven minutes to go in the game, you're up 10, you're... Mr. Staley, who's been riding this go for it on fourth down, you actually kind of reinvented the scratch your head, go for it on fourth down. And you've got a fourth and three. And your offense needs to have some confidence, and you need to be able to go in there and go get it. You're up 10, seven less than seven minutes ago. Go get the first down. And even if you settle for the three later in the drive somewhere, you've chewed some clock. But you're up 10, and you can't control even Joey Bosa throwing his helmet all over the place and these guys doing mm-hmm. things. Like, 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 here's the thing. You're up 10. Go for it. Even if it 
even if it ends in a field goal, it's going to be another minute or a minute and a half later, and you're maybe Mason making Peterson waste those timeouts that he's got. Instead, you miss the field goal, and then nine plays, 322, they go down and score. And be, because Peterson's going, house money, baby, let's just go for two and let's go for the win. I mean, I, yeah. I knew it. I knew Peterson was going to go for the two. Because I think he even felt comfortable. We're, we know we're going to get the ball back. But if we have to score a touchdown, down four, we can do that too. I'd rather have to just salt the clock away and have the field goal at my disposal when I want to manage the clock. Yes, he wouldn't have been able to manage the game clock to the field goal win that he had. But it's chess versus paint chips. And, it, and if the San Diego <laughs> Chargers can't see that, they're out – I mean – and then you got a team just coming off the rails, discipline-wise. They're just coming off the rails. Oh. And good thing, Justin, good thing Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. I mean, if he only throws two, they probably get boat raced even worse. I There was a couple of things in this game that I found to be utterly shocking. How bad Trevor Lawrence was in the first half and to how bad the refereeing was. Now. No one in Jacksonville is going to blame the referee. The first half of that game, the Charger cornerbacks, the Charger secondary, was getting there uh, quick, way before the ball was getting there. And because they kept doing it, the referees just didn't call it. In the second half, the thing that sent Joey Bosa into a death spiral <laughs> was the offensive lineman jumping off sides before the ball yeah, was snapped. But guess what? This is... The world's on a whistle. Sometimes you got to play through that stuff. I mean, yeah, once in a while, it's going to happen. This is the thing that the NFL was supposed to address. It happened all across the spectrum on all over the weekend in every game. It was happening, and it wasn't getting called. So if you're him, if they don't call it, stop asking for it because they're not going to. Once you've brought this to the referee's attention and they go, hey, man, I didn't see it. And it happens again. Let it, you now got to figure out what you need to do to address the situation. So if he's going early, you go early. Because at this point, what there's no, there's no difference. But for Joey Bosa, who I, I I'm a fan of Joey Bosa. I like Joey Bosa. He's I don't know what player. he said to that. Re, I don't know what he said to that referee. And I hope it wasn't racial. I don't think it was, but I don't know because I don't take. I don't know Joey Bosa. But, man, listen, there's only a couple things you can say to an NFL referee to make him react to you like that. There ain't a lot of words because referees in NFL, referees get called a lot, and they rarely have any response to that level. Whatever he said to that referee, for that referee to chase him down, get in his face, say something, and then throw a flag was worth the money. So I don't. But then the helmet Joey comes Bosa. off. I mean, the, the, you know, that's just no common knowledge. The, the helmet coming off is like basically what baseball players know not to bump the ump. I mean, yeah. that's just common knowledge. I mean, the only way that helmet comes off if it gets hit off of your head in the game of play. That's the only time that thing's allowed to be off ever. I mean, that's not a, and I'm all for criticizing NFL refs, but. When you're crumbling at the seams and you blow a 27 to nothing lead, a call or two, it, that ain't the reason. That, that's why they. That's why refs take a beating. 
99% of the time, unless they're totally incompetent, most refs take a beating because that team can't get it together. And it's frustration. And coaches get technicals and, and, and unsportsmanlike flags most of the time because they can't control what's going on on the field. It, they've lost control. And it's, it was sad. It was kind of sad to watch. I mean, as a team that left town, you know, I'm just saying, because I do like Justin Herbert. Um, I, I don't dislike the kid. And, you know, good thing for Justin Herbert, though, that there's a Brandon Staley and there's a Joey Bosa. Oh, yeah. And, and there's all this stuff because, you know, he's not getting any Matt Ryan treatment, right? Like, like you know, he's not getting the Matt Ryan treatment that Matt Ryan gets. Matt Ryan gets worse trolling today about that Super Bowl he <laughs> lost to, to Brady than, than Justin Herbert's getting. It's just, I, I, it's, it, it's so compounded. I said when that happened, where is Matt Ryan when you need him? Is he not playing yeah. next weekend? Because, look, man, you can't live that down. That's the, that's on the books. That's a part. You know how when the guys in the Army get all these these medals on their chest? That's on you. you wearing that. you wearing that. That's part of your legacy now. Whether you go on to be a Hall of Fame Super Bowl quarterback and that starts this story of greatness for you, or that's a reoccurring theme that you're the, you're the new Matt Ryan. Because I got to tell you, man, when this game was 27, 28 to nothing, I was laughing. I was texting people. I was, I told you so in people. I was going up and down my call log. I was going up and down my Twitter account. I was going after people. And when that kicker, when Dicker missed that kick, I almost threw my phone into a bucket of water because I knew what was coming for me because I saw what was coming for that game. And I got to ask you a question. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I want to hear how you feel yeah. about this. We both know the Chargers organizationally, how they operate. We also know how other owners operate. Do you think that he gets fired? Brandon Staley, I'm speaking of. Well, there's, you know, some been in some reports today that have been out that, you know, supposedly he's in good shape. That's not been announced by the team. There's These are like, reports. I've got a source. They're going to leave. They're, they're, I mean, but I don't know how you don't examine that. Um, what I'd be really worried about, but I don't know if, I, I don't know if that front office and ownership is even like, like if they even face the the real realities of the dysfunction so much where I'd be really worried that is Justin Herbert gonna go just be a the kid he's always been next year get through next year put up his stats because he knows you know even with the worst coaching they can still go nine and eight or ten and seven on paper and he won't look and he'll get his 4,700 yards and he'll get his and is he going to just check out and go look for a pile of money somewhere else? I mean, because he's from the great Northwest and a very good run organization. Obviously, they showed it this year uh, with everything they were up against is the Seattle. And, and, and Geno Smith isn't their long-term plan. And so even if Pete Carroll's not going to be there in the long term, that is an organization that if you can say uh, – man, I'll go get everything I want there because maybe he already knows what it's like to just be a charger. And two nights ago was the the thing, he, maybe him and his camp went, I got to get out of this place. If, if I can't understand how Brandon Staley can be back, but I can tell you, I, I know he will because this organization 
has a lot of these type of things happen to them. And so for, for me, that's something that I've, Brandon Stanley has back-to-back seasons where he's had legendary meltdowns. The timeout last year against the, 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 the Raiders, which people seem to forget that he did to end the season last year. <laughs> he literally said, guys, want to miss the playoffs? Okay, great. Timeout. Timeout. <laughs> That's kind of so, what he did without so, saying it. So now you throw that log. That log started this fire. Now you take a bunch of you cut a tree down and throw it in the fire, which was this collapse. It's clear he does not have the capabilities to do this job at this point in time at the level they need or had. At the, This was the year for them. They went out and spent all this money. They're now in cap hell going forward because of the moves that they made this year to win. They gave him every opportunity to be successful. He's got a franchise quarterback. He's got superstars on on the defensive side of the ball. He's got great players on offense. And as a head coach, you couldn't have asked for more. And this is what he gave you. Now, the fact that they're going to bring this guy back lets me know that it is cemented, if it wasn't for anybody else already, that this is not a serious organization. That I don't know how they're going to look next year, but they're going to have to make some significant cuts to guys you know and recognize. And that's not going to make them better because a team doesn't get better by subtraction with guys who they're going to have to get rid of. This is going to be a situation where they're going to get worse. And so the fact that Justin Herbert drugged them to the 10 wins that they got, he's now going to have less ammo all year as opposed to just a guy being out with injury and expecting him to be back. People are going to be gone, period. So I don't, I don't know how... Any or the, no other organization would be bringing him back other than the one that he coaches for. So I guess that's good for him. Now, when you talk about what Justin Herbert should do, because he's due for a massive extension earlier as this offseason. But this, these people are so damn cheap, they're not going to give it to him. And I hope they don't. Because guess what? If they don't, if I'm his management team, I go, you know what, guys? We're not doing this. So let's set this thing up right now. You're going to have to franchise him for two years. Okay. And then he's going to walk because this is a no. Like, our guy's a top five guy. Whether you, whatever you believe, our guy's a top five guy by all accounts. And you you mean to tell us you don't want to give us the extension now? When we deserve this money? Look at what we're dealing with. You don't want to give us the money now? All right. Cool. Don't, don't talk to us for three years because we won't answer. But I, you know... At some Look, at some point, they've got to be smart. And I hope this is the turning point for them when it comes to this quarterback. You pay him whatever is required to pay him because you're going to need to if you're going to be viable. Yep. And uh, they'll probably just play the franchise game and try to trade him in that two-year window for something, you know, at the end of the day, especially if they ride with Staley. And the whole point is here was, you know, Staley, when you look at the coach, you've got the quarterback, right? He stacks mm-hmm. up right up there against the other great quarterbacks. So you've, if you're trying to win it all, you got to have a quarterback that can stack up against the Mahomes or at least, you know, be in his air. You've got to have that. Guess what? You also have to have a coach like that, too. So you lose two games to the Jaguars. The second half scores 46 to six. You lose two games to the Chiefs by a total of six points, but you're a minus 16 in the second half. So what I'm saying is, is when you concentrate to have that element, 
You have to have somebody that's in the air. They don't have to be Andy Reid like Herbert doesn't have to be Mahomes, but they have to be able to go in the locker room at halftime, even with a 27-7 lead and go, hey, guys, this is what they're probably going to do. This is probably what Doug Peterson's going to do. We've been successful on defense, yes, but we're going to change. We we, we want to change up a little, like, or we want to keep doing the things we were doing, or this is a guy to go attack. And you know, we're going to, but he's going to change things. And Lawrence isn't going to throw four more interceptions in this half. Exactly. Okay, Justin, Justin, this is some other stuff we've got to do because we're not just going to be able to go pedal to the metal. We're not going to start in unbelievable field position every Correct. time in the second half. You their average starting field position in the first half was past the 50 because of those interceptions and the long return and the one bad Jacksonville's punter couldn't get one off the front of his foot in the first three punts even when they didn't throw interceptions. I mean, they were getting the ball in shove it down your throat territory to the whole thing. And, and he they still didn't win the game, but we are winning right now with this conversation. And man, do we have much more Brownie low head minor 1090 ESP when we come back more playoff cover. Back for another segment of the Browner and Lawhead show here on the Mitre 1090 ESPN. I'm John Browner, joined by the legendary Jason Lawhead. We are breaking down. I don't even know if you want to call that a breakdown of what the Chargers did, more of like a blow up, a regurgitation of a regurgitation of the weekend's wild card games. And they were truly a wild weekend, believe it or not. We we're going to break down some of these other games, but for what you guys missed, you can head over to the iTunes podcast store. Or YouTube under Kaplan and Crew. We're Browner and Lawhead. Like, share, and subscribe. We're the number one show in the podcast, Great Friends Podcast Network. That's how we get down Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. A new slogan I just cloned. You by the time you get to us, you know the news. Now we're gonna have fun with the facts. I think that's what I wrote down. My writing is terrible. Um, Jason. Yeah, we had a crazy crazy set of games that were way more competitive than we thought they would be the game that I, we're going to start with the game and i think everybody it wasn't an upset that we knew could go either way the giants and the vikings now you nailed this game as for some unexplainable reason i went with the vikings and i gotta tell you i i wasn't shocked when i saw what i saw what i what i will tell you i was shocked by and i want to hear your your take on this of the teams I saw play, the Giants were the best this weekend. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, well, San Francisco, uh, they played a complete football game. Even when Seattle was playing well, they played a complete football game. From San beginning Francisco. to end, that's true. They, they really did. They really, really did. And and so did the New York Giants. And, and you know, and uh, but, uh, yeah, I love the Giants. I watched it with a, a buddy of mine who is a Giants fan. Um, we went to a cigar lounge right here in Del Mar, and it was great. We had a couple of cigars, and we just sat there. And he's a big Giants fan. Um, and it was fun to watch. As we spoke last week, I'm a huge Saquon Barkley fan, always have been. And he proved your point when we had that little checklist. We were drawing on I, – I, I was drawing on um, a, a little bit of edge with how they use Jefferson and how he might go off at home. Then I, you said Barkley was the best, best skill position player on the field. I, I, I came back to agree with you, um, and boy, did he show it. And, and I really – my prediction Man. was 30-24 to 24. – Giants on a walk-off Barkley big bust out in overtime. It was he did finish the last score. It was regulation 31-24. I missed it. 
by a point, but but his yeah, first touchdown, but his first touchdown was a bust out play. It was the first touchdown was a bust out. I was hitting my buddy going, I man, I call that on the show. He was laughing. I'm like, dude, I, I go. And then when he scored the last one, he, my buddy was like, dude, you you're literally just the overtime off from this being a perfect prediction. Yeah. And um, so, but yeah, and Barkley was the best skilled player on the field. And, you know, it, this one crazy thing was is Kirk Cousins didn't have a great game. Or, I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He wasn't a Correct. reason they lost. But Correct. what Dayball did was, this was Dayball's genius. We were going to not try to go wreck Kirk Cousins. We were going to make Dalvon Cook not have seams, not have openings. And we were going to be able to we prove we can stop that and make that a non-issue. We're going to be able to put anybody we want on Jefferson and give Cousins his completions to whoever, and we're going to get them in mm -hmm. third down, and they're going to give the ball back. And even if they score some points, their defense isn't going to hold us. Jones is going to run all over that defense because they can't even get uh -huh. to him. They, had, they cranked it up for – you know, that Minnesota defense had one little stretch of a series where they cranked up some pressure later in the game, but they didn't do anything all day long. I, it was terrible. I got a, I got a small sense of how – great of a game caller Brian Dable was when the Bears played the Giants this year. And he saw a hole in their defense with a uh, with a run that Daniel Jones did in, a, in the first quarter. He did that damn run every quarter, and it worked every single time for like 15 to 20 yards. And I'm looking like, why can't the Bears stop this? Is this guy really that good of a coach? And throughout the year, he kept proving that I am this good of a coach. That job that his coaching staff did offensively and defensively for me easily was by far and away the best job by any coaching staff and by any team of the week. Because Daniel Jones, if we remember correctly, people were ready to run Daniel Jones out of New York City. Yeah. People in New York were over Saquon Barkley. They thought that he was overhyped and it wasn't real. Brian Dabo shows up. Those two things now are clearly their two strong suits. The third thing, can you name a wide receiver that they have? Because I can't, but they are all effective. They're all coming up big when you need them to. I mean, that guy dropped that last play, but other than that. He had a great game up until that point. Yes. <laughs> Slate, the, Giants Slate. Made, the Giants made every single play that they needed to make. And in addition to that, that defense, which is better than their offense, it is. makes plays they they know how to scout this team looks very similar to the teams that won the the titles because they can pass rush their defense is great their quarterback when you look at him on paper you go eh, just like eli manning you look at eli manning you go eh, whatever my, my buddy said from the giant fan he's just a tall running eli, Man eli manning he said that's all he said yeah so man Nothing about them blows you away on offense, but they have figured out a form. They know who they are. In sports, it's weird, man, when a team knows what they are. It's very difficult to stop them. Like, we will roll this over into the Miami game. I thought Miami had no chance in this game. Mike McDaniels, the Dolphins know who they are. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback. I had never heard of Skylar Thompson. I thought it was a stripper, but it's a dude who plays quarterback. <laughs> ah, his, that's hilarious. His, I guess this I used guy, to be, I, oh, my God, that's so funny. This guy, 
basically followed the, the tour script, just throw it long. At some point, somebody down there will catch it because our guys are faster than theirs, and they give so much cushion once you do that once or twice, whether it works or not, all the underneath stuff is open because he wasn't good at all, and they were in that game until the, the I think it was the final turnover that was made in the fourth quarter that pretty much sealed that game. But the, the job that Mike McDaniels did was far better than the Buffalo Bills head coach and what he did. Because Josh he Allen did didn't – Josh Allen didn't look like an MVP candidate. He just didn't. He didn't look like last year's Josh Allen, who should have beaten Patrick Mahomes. He looked average. He looked, Josh like, Allen he looked, loses that game to any other AFC yes, quarterback right now. Absolutely. Any any other AFC quarterback, Justin he loses, Herbert probably he beats it. The Chargers probably come back because of the turnovers. He loses that game to Tua if he plays. Good chance, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt, because Tua's going to, you know, there's going to be more chemistry coming off the ball. Those, or Even if you want to blame Waddle and Tyreek Hill, which they dropped early balls in that in that Buffalo start. Buffalo got off to that 17 nothing start, and a lot of it was Miami not moving the ball on some key drops that the, that the, that the stripper threw them, right, in the numbers. And uh, so, <laughs> so if there's a Tua out there and the chemistry's, uh, uh, you know, right off the bat, those different series early, that turned into the early punt at the early interception and the next punt, like though that could have been scores and that turns into a Miami win, maybe going away the way Allen had to keep pressing and bump and losing the ball. I mean, he didn't look good at all at all. Well, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I Whereas the know. Bengals played a mucky game and they, they won mm-hmm. again because they can win when they're not at their best. But it wasn't because Burrow played bad. They didn't give that – like, th- that was one of those, like you said, fights. That was like a 15-round heavyweight fight, and it was hard to score. <laughs> I think what we – because now we'll roll into that game. What I mm-hmm. thought we saw with the San Francisco game, which we haven't talked about, and I really don't think we need to because obviously you saw the results. The San Francisco-Seattle game – the Miami Buffalo game and the the, the Bengal uh, uh, Baltimore game. Those are the reasons why you don't want to play a team the third time because mm-hmm. the Ravens, the 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 Bengals are better than the Ravens, and without Tua, whether I like them or not, the Bills are better than the Dolphins. You could not tell that throughout that game, and you could not tell through the first half of the Seattle 49er game. Mm-hmm. Which team was better? Because the two teams know each other so well that you either have to pull something out of your backside or you have to have your talent show up and win the game for you. And in the Buffalo-Miami game, Josh Allen didn't show up and win it. And in the Cincinnati-Baltimore game, Joe Burrow, I know, honestly, didn't show up and win it. They just outlasted them. Like, if they don't get that turnover, Baltimore probably wins that game. That's a seven for Baltimore. That's seven for Baltimore. And the way the Bengals had been operating against that defense. Uh, yeah, Which was it was outstanding. Been, it, outstanding. It would have been hard to get seven because they didn't run the ball at all. That was, you know, that was a huge thing. I mean, they just choked Mixon and P. Ryan up. They put pressure all over uh, Burrow. That was the most sacks Burrow's taken in this winning streak, I believe. Because um, they were actually holding him up pretty well. And even though that right side, but they went after that right side of the line. They knew everything was going to go left play wise. They were there to contain. 
Um, yeah, they probably win that game if if I don't know if it's a good play call with that size of a quarterback. Yeah, if it's Trevor Lawrence, if it's Daniel Jones, if it's Josh Allen, you let Huntley go over the top. But I don't know. I, I don't. I think that that was a bad play call when the Dobbins had been running, you know, and you can get push and you can get things like that. Um, and that that was a game. I mean, you know, like I said, Cincinnati, they're good. They're good because their quarterback played well. He played well enough. He didn't play bad. He just didn't play great. And that was all Baltimore had to do with that. And their defense won them a football game. And they're moving on. And that that they got to feel good. Like we can win a lot of ways, man. And we got Burrow, and guess what? He's gonna. We're gonna go attack that Buffalo secondary. So I don't. I, I, of the of the games, which game did you see developing, and you went, "Uh oh, this team might be in trouble." Well, I think I thought even it took me a while to buy into Jacksonville. I really mm. thought the <laughs> Chargers were gonna go back and score in one of these positions possessions. So the missed field goal, that's when I, I was already, that's seven minutes ago in the game. I'm still, Chargers are going to win this game. Uh, but I'm, when he missed that field goal and didn't go for it on fourth and three, when he was this guy that always went for it. And it, that, so that was the game where I finally was like, wow, that took me a long time to buy in. And then early on in that, uh, early on in that Buffalo Miami game I knew Miami wasn't out of it because they were dropping balls and Allen didn't look good he was throwing stupid passes and then you know it didn't take long that first play of the second half I mean you were like well I make a win this game right I would I would say I had when until the Bravens got down on goal and fumbled that ball mm. I was watching that game going the Ravens are taking it to them physically they really were physically and it felt like if the Ravens had scored Baltimore didn't really have an answer because it was painful and the D I think the Ravens defense needed to go up in the scoreboard for the defense mm -hmm. to look at each other and go we got it we got them they're about to tap out if we get a three and out here because they can't stop us running they're about to tap out and that turnover just and that's Literally. the ironic and that the ironic thing is that for the 60 minutes you would say and the Bengals defense didn't play bad they did what they did you know but they were up against a backup quarterback who does have experience but still they didn't play bad but the defense that played way better the whole game didn't get the defensive score the other one right. did and that was the difference of the game and that's really ironic in a sense because that will be the most physical team if the Bengals keep moving that the Bengals see until possibly Philadelphia or a San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I mean, they're, they're you know, Buffalo comes at you, but they're not, they don't, they don't, they don't you know, they, they don't put physicality on you at both ends of the ball. Not like, like that. They, like this team does. And nor do either the Chiefs or the Jaguars. No one does. No, no one so, does. So the 49ers so, might. 49ers and the Eagles, if they're if they're they're waiting for you, they're going right. to physically hurt you and and do things offensively to you that that put you physically at, at you know and mm -hmm. that's the thing hitting you physically from both sides right um, right and, and and so the Bengals survived like you said a third game never fun they just played them well, last week they survive it and they get away from the team that is the most physical they get away they get to see the bet the bills and possibly the chiefs teams that they match up with more in shootout type of scenarios where their defense can make those big plays and burrow can be good enough or a little better than allen and good enough or maybe better than Mahomes, which he's been three times in a row against kc so 
Woo, they dodged a bullet, but that could be the big bullet they dodged. A big one. Now, you may have dodged a bullet. Your wallet may have not. But thanks to DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, you got another go. The kickoff to the road to Super Bowl 57 has already begun. But all you need to keep going is just $5. You can get $250 in free bets instantly. All new and existing customers get a no-sweat bet each day going forward on these weekends. All you got to do is just place any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you get free money up to $10 back on your action. So bet and have fun with this thing. Download the DraftKings Sports app and use the code GREATFRIENDS. New customers get $5 on the NFL and $250 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook when you use great friends as the code word. Minimal age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Obviously, if you have a problem with gambling, Jason, they should do what? Call one number. I have a problem with gambling. I don't know if that's the number, but that's like I said earlier. If you have a problem with gambling, call one hundred gambler. If you're in New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY. Um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. Like I said, the game's going on right now between Dallas and and uh mm-hmm. and, and Tampa, which obviously. I don't have a television in front of me or a crystal ball to kind of predict what's going on and what's going to happen. But I will tell you this, our checklist, let's look back on our checklist and what we had on our checklist. Uh, you had Jacksonville winning mm-hmm. on the checklist. Ding, and, ding, I ding. Had, and I had the Ravens winning because I I thought that. Yeah, you, you call that as your upset. Yep. Because we did upsets. And Jacksonville yep. was Jason's upset. And. Uh, uh, they were the Baltimore underdog was, even at home. That's a that's an upset. Baltimore was mine because I thought I thought that third time I thought John Harbaugh being able to key in, and I really thought once that third offensive line, the, the Bengals have now lost three starting offensive linemen this year. They lost the third one in this game. I thought that was the death nail for them, and and again I thought the Ravens had them on the ropes if they could have punched that one in because their pass rush had become lethal. They were hitting guys. Jamar, Jamar Chase was not as effective as you thought he could be. The run game was really stifled, and you were waiting for Joe Burrow to be this superstar-level guy, but the other side of the ball gets paid, too. Mm-hmm. And they showed up, and they showed up in a, in a large they way. They showed up big. And the last thing about this weekend, and the, the, the one thing I want to touch on is I got to tell you, man, this Lamar Jackson situation, this ain't good. This ain't good at all. I, if if you are hurt enough to tweet out you're hurt, you can go to the game. You were just at the same game last weekend, the same distance, the same teammates, the same coaching staff, same ownership. When people say, oh, guys can represent themselves because, you know, that 10% that you save, bruh, if – the pain of what he's going through with his teammates, his coaching, is worth the 10% of your contract. Give it up. Yeah. 7%, whatever the agent gets, give it up. Look at the PR nightmare this guy is going through right now. That he's got to put out his own tweet about how bad he is or isn't injured. So now you're so injured that you can't even travel when you traveled right. last weekend. This is a case of 
I mean, DeMar well, Hamlin just traveled back to Buffalo. I mean, come on. And he was dead a week ago. He was just dead a week ago. He and was he dead. He, you so can't I travel? I don't I don't know what the hell each – I Baltimore should pay him. Lamar should figure out what he wants to do. But putting that out was really bad. It was a really bad look. And I think that's going to come back to bite him. The second thing, before we go, I want to tell people – I always honor Dr. Martin Luther King in this way. I take my ass to work. I appreciate and respect that the United States wanted to honor Dr. Martin Luther King and his sacrifice to this country by giving people a day off of work. I love and respect that about this country. As flawed as we are, we get some things right, even if you have to twist some states' arms for them to do it. But Dr. Martin Luther King spoke and lost his life for equality. And the fact that I am able to speak into this microphone on two different shows, no doubt, is because of Martin Luther King's ultimate sacrifice. And so I always pay that homage by going to work and doing what I think he would have wanted me to do, and that is use my skill to do what I can to make America better going forward. So thank you, Dr. Martin Luther King, for your sacrifice, and happy Martin Luther King Day to y'all. Ain't going to say anything better than that, man. I agree 100%. Love hearing it. And uh, a little recommendation for you. Listen to the song In the Name of Love by U2. Uh, and it, it's a great honor to, to Dr. King. And that's uh, always been one of my favorites. I mean, listen, I don't mean to break up the Dr. King love fest. When you say In the Name of Love, I only know one In the Name of Love, dog. That's about R. Kelly. No. <laughs> also, no, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it in the lyrics. YouTube it when we get off. Man, I, I thought you was going to give a shout out to R. Kelly at the end of this thing. I was going to say, Jason, that's, totally, that's uh, totally the opposite, baby. In the name of love is an R. Kelly song. I, yeah, well, that, the YouTube had the title first. It's uh, it's yeah. a par, it's called Pride in parentheses in the name okay. of love or one way or the other, you know. So it's I, in the name yeah, of love no, R. Kelly. Not, no, it's not yeah. a. It's not. It's not a. He didn't have a wet dream. He had a dream. So. <laughs> or a under or an underage one. Yeah, I'm John yeah. Brown. Just Jason Longhead. We'll see y'all tomorrow, man. Peace.